I'm going to humiliate you one more time. My pleasure. I better start talking about my family first, I guess. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Classical rock, a true paradox. This is to Dalton. This is to Dalton. This is to Dalton. Kiss me once or twice. Tell me that it's nice and then you... Well, uh, good evening. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. And welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and Jim Dwyer is uh, up north, out of the heat a little bit, and uh, might have had an interesting view of the eclipse up there. As for myself, this is Eclipse Day. It's come and gone. I'm sure that the um, total eclipse for a certain, some big cities in our country, Nashville, uh, Tennessee, Columbia, South Carolina, Kind of started out in Salem, Oregon. Uh, there was some rain in the middle of the country. But uh, it's probably is indeed a profound spiritual experience to see a total eclipse here in Michigan. A little underwhelming. I had a very interesting view of the eclipse. And, of course, I'd like to just share this. I, uh, of course, thought of Donald Trump, and he is the numero uno narcissist in our society today. And I thought of the legend of Narcissus. So I went and watched the eclipse at a small pond near where I live in West Park. So it was very interesting to see the reflection, because I knew the sun would be up pretty high, in the water. And other than a couple of female ducks that came trotting my way in the water, expecting that I had breadcrumbs when I didn't, <laughs> I was trying to shoo them away because I didn't want them to ripple my uh, perfect little mirror. It was a pretty interesting view of the 80% so eclipse that we had here in Michigan. So it's come and gone. And, oh, by the way, Big Ben has gone silent for four years on this very day. So it's kind of an interesting coincidence. Big Ben, one of the most photographed tourist sites in, uh, in the world, in London, England, that chimes the time quite regularly. Well, uh, I'll get to uh, Trump in a second. Uh, I did want to... I'm not going to talk about Jerry Lewis. <laughs> Although there is this one obscure film that he made in the mid-60s that he directed. I don't have the name with me. I'll have to bring it in next week because I did see it in today's obituary. Jerry Lewis was always kind of too noisy for me. But I actually liked this film. I thought it had some very interesting psychology in it and was an absolutely perfect representation of the the way America was in 1966 when it was made. I'll try and bring it in next week. Uh, Jerry Lewis played a lot of sort of split personalities. He had this thing about that theme in a lot of his work. And I do think that uh, his performance in The King of Comedy uh, is is really an outstanding 
uh, example of acting. But Dick Gregory died uh, pretty much on the same day. And he was a great uh, civil rights activist, comedian, um, and just all-around funny guy. (laughs) And, of course, he was almost more of an activist than a comedian. But I remember that one of his great jokes, which I'm going to repeat here, uh, was about the 1968 presidential election. He said that, and I'm paraphrasing here because I might not have the exact wording down perfectly, but he said here that he said in 1968 that Hubert Humphrey looks like a man that would buy a used car from Richard Nixon, and George Wallace looks like a man who would steal that car. Uh, George Wallace, of course, was running a blatantly racist campaign in 1968, and this, of course, became part of the uh, Southern strategy uh, that Richard Nixon employed in 72 and that Ronald Reagan used uh, in his uh, presidential runs. Nixon and Reagan, of course, were sophisticated in their delivery. The code words uh, were cleverly uh, planned out. Remember, of course, that Richard Nixon had a lot of advertising men in his inner circle of campaign advisors. And you never really could accuse either Nixon or Reagan of being racist. But they were very effective at playing a race card uh, in their presidential runs. And it's interesting that both of them won re-election in massive landslides. Uh, Reagan, in fact, when he ran in 1980, uh, started his uh, presidential campaign in uh, Mississippi. Uh, Philadelphia, states' rights. And states' rights, of course, is part of the muckety-muck that we're now engaged in as a society over these latest outrageous comments of Donald Trump and his, his performance in the last couple of weeks. I think that Donald Trump, if he had just said what he had said Saturday and Sunday and Monday in response to Charlottesville, Uh, would have uh, come out of it okay. But I think that his performance last Tuesday is exceedingly troubling. And um, there needs to be a very, very clear-cut distinction made between neo-Nazis who were at this march. This march was not about free speech. This march was organized by neo-Nazis and white supremacists, white supremacists, to take advantage of this Robert E. Lee controversy. Um, The statue in Charlottesville, by the way, shows Lee on a horse. You wouldn't even know it's Robert E. Lee unless you looked at the placard. And they have renamed the park Lee Park at one point to Emancipation Park. Robert E. Lee, as we've learned this week, um, was opposed to statues celebrating the Confederacy. He actually acknowledged that this was a a wound in our uh, American history that we had to move on from. And while he was a slave owner and while he did join uh, the Confederacy, he, he, he was at West Point and all of that and was considered one of the great... Uh, 
generals in American history, um, he himself acknowledged that statues celebrating the Confederacy were not uh, appropriate and not advisable. And the American historical uh, building of many of these statues occurred uh, between 1890 and in the, through the 1920s. There was a big revival of these Confederate statues in the 1920s, uh, which was, of course, part of the Red Scare, the first Red Scare in American history, organized by Mitchell, A. Mitchell uh, Palmer, the Palmer Raids. It was anti-immigrant. It was anti-communist. Um, and it was anti-Catholic. <laughs> And, of course, the target of many of the, uh, much of the racial hatred. Uh, and, of course, the, the Ku Klux Klan had a big revival uh, during this period in American history. This is unmistakable. This is beyond argument. This is beyond debate. But it would have been nice to hear from some sons of the Confederacy denouncing Donald Trump for associating neo-Nazis with the Confederacy. These are very, very different uh, historical movements in the history of human civilization. Groucho Marx had a joke. said, who are you going to believe, me or your lion eyes? I don't know what Trump's looking at. There are Nazi flags at this march. And for him to equate... The Nazis and these other morons that were carrying nationalistic flags with shields, heavily armed, by the way. There were people that were carrying machine guns. Uh, you know, they call them semi-automatic rifles or whatever you want to call them. This was designed to create violence. It was designed to create a confrontation. This is exactly, by the way, how the Nazis got started. Uh, with the famous beer hall pushed in the early 20s. And let's face facts, America. <laughs> the Nazis had written plans to exterminate 40 to 70 million people. Okay? I'm not making this up. These are in the archives of the German government. They've been discovered in recent years by reputable historians... Adolf Hitler issued the final solution orders five days after he declared war on the United States. He and Goebbels and Himmler met, <clears throat> and they had the realization that they weren't going to win World War II, that the invasion of the Soviet Union had turned into a disaster for them. Uh, their, their tanks and their superior military equipment got bogged down in the mud, and the cold, and while Stalin had not started his counteroffensive. And let's remember one important historical fact that many Americans do not realize. The Russians killed 80% of the Nazis. They're the ones that destroyed the German war machine, by and large. The United States and Britain contributed mightily but let's remember that these these counteroffensives that were counteroffensives that were organized by Stalin, and don't get me wrong, I'm not praising Stalin. He was a uh, brutal uh, person himself. He exterminated uh, millions 
of his fellow Russian citizens. He exterminated the communists. In fact, he killed more communists than Adolf Hitler did. But these racial plans of Adolf Hitler involving cleaning out Eastern Europe of, quote, Jews and Slavs, there are written documents in the Nazi archives. My father, a professional historian, pointed out to me uh, many years ago that the Germans, the Prussians, the German military people, the bureaucrats that work in the German government and the Prussian government keep the best records. These are preserved. The American records, the Russian records, the British records have been largely obscured on many, many subjects. And Germany, of course, has laws that do not allow the display of the swastika. It is illegal. Hate speech is not allowed in Germany. And the United States is in a, in a, in a kind of a, uh, to me, in, in a realm of confusion right now about what is free speech and what is not free speech. Oliver Wendell Holmes is the famous jurist that said you cannot shout fire in a crowded theater. Not all speech is free. There is a specific case called Chapolinsky that does not allow hate speech. Fighting words is, is, the, is the famous case involving this. And it was a great error by the ACLU to get involved in this March controversy in Charlottesville. You know, on the positive side, over the last week, we've seen the University of Texas and Duke University remove Confederate statues. But we can't let Donald Trump off the hook. This is not about Confederate statues. There is a process underway in the state of Virginia about the Confederate statues. I brought this up last week, pointing out that the city council of Charlottesville had, had passed an ordinance 3-2, to two, um, basically agreeing to to, to take down the uh, statue of Robert E. Lee, but that this had been stopped by a federal judge, a, a judge, an injunction had been issued, that the state of Virginia has a historical commission that is, in res is responsible for this. In the state of North Carolina, by the way, the Republicans in 2015 passed a law prohibiting the removal of Confederate statues. And we've seen other cities like New Orleans remove these statues. Uh, we had a, <clears throat> a situation in Durham, North Carolina this past week uh, in response to the uh, unfortunate events in Charlottesville, Virginia, that was, that was torn down in Durham, um, uh, North Carolina. This was, a, this was just a statue of a, quote, Confederate soldier, a kind of a random I, I don't think there was an individual general being uh, um, commemorated here. Um, and the article goes into the details that says the daughters of the, the United Daughters of the Confederacy had inscribed, quote, in memory of the boys who wore the gray, had stood uh, since 1924. I just brought this up. This was part of the 1920s Red Scare in America, <clears throat> which was anti-immigrant, um, uh, anti-foreign nativist 
uh, anti-communist, anti-anarchist, uh, Italian and Eastern European people, by the way, were specifically targeted for much of the wrath of the Ku Klux Klan. Let's remember that the Ku Klux Klan was not only a racist uh, entity, but it is an anti-Catholic, anti-Semitic entity that at the heart of its ideology, these people are so stupid they wear dunce caps, okay? They walk around in the hoods because they're embarrassed to show their faces to their fellow citizens. They don't deserve to be equated with uh, people on the, quote, alt-left. And by the way, there is no such thing as the alt-left. This is a yet another semantic construction created by right-wing political pundits. I don't know where Trump got this term. I, I do have a letter to the editor that I'm going to read here in relation to it. But I am relatively convinced that Trump, <clears throat> after issuing his belated pseudo-apology last Monday, began to watch Fox News Monday night and realized, oh my gosh, they're going after me now. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I can take this criticism, so I better fight back. See, Trump. one of the problems with Trump is he's so inconsistent, so erratic, so incompetent. He doesn't know when to shut up, and he obviously didn't know when to shut up on Tuesday of last week. How dare Donald Trump equate George Washington with the traitors of the Confederacy? That is an outrage. All Americans should be even outraged that that was even mentioned. We know that George Washington uh, lived on a plantation with slaves. He married Martha Custis because she had a great dowry. George Washington was one of the great presidents and Americans in our history. How dare him? How dare Donald Trump put George Washington into a logical, verbal construction trying to equate Washington with uh, Stonewall Jackson and Robert E. Lee and, and Jefferson Davis? He was talking about, well, where does it end? Well... The question is not where does it end. The question is where does it begin? You know, uh, George Washington will be honored. He's on our money. He is, quote, the father of our country. We have a very famous statement of George Washington, first in war, first in peace, and first in the heart of our countrymen. We used to celebrate Washington's birthday in the United States of America on the 22nd of February. And okay, Americans are cornballs and we ate cherry pie and we told the legend of the cherry tree and the silver dollar and the Potomac River and all this stuff. Well, I don't really care. I grew up with that myth, the mythology of George Washington and telling the truth, which is part of the moral of that story in the cherry tree. And it's probably not true. Who knows? Who cares? We used to celebrate Abraham Lincoln's birthday separately on the 12th of February. Lyndon Johnson is the moron that created President's Day, in which he muckety-mucks all the presidents into, into uh, <clears throat> one day of celebration. It's a federal holiday and all that. But I think the United States has to get back to celebrating Abraham Lincoln's birthday 
and George Washington's birthday so that we get in to the moral um, lesson of honesty. Honest Abe, okay? And let's remember that the Civil War in the United States was about slavery. Yes, states' rights were part of one of the side issues. But the facts are quite clear. Uh, Abraham Lincoln won the election of 1860 very narrowly. He only got about 40% of the vote. The Democratic Party had split into two factions, a pro-slavery faction and an abolitionist fact faction, and Lincoln and, of course, Douglas uh, was involved. Um, and they had been involved in the famous Senate debates back in 1858. Douglas won the Senate seat. Uh, he was a pro-slavery Democrat. The vote got a little split up. Lincoln won the Electoral College. But let's remember that before Lincoln became president, six or seven southern states seceded from the Union. Let's remember that the Confederacy fired on Fort Sumter. They started the Civil War. They seceded from the Union. And you can have all the endless debates you want about Abraham Lincoln and whether he was a racist or whether he, how actively he participated in the anti-colonialization society and all of this rubbish. Abraham Lincoln was one of our great presidents because he was a moral leader. And Donald Trump is not. He is a loser. He has no morals. We know that. I knew Donald Trump should never be president the day he announced his candidacy, when he attacked Mexicans with racist attacks that he continued on for 16 to 17 months. Donald Trump is a fraud. He knows it, and thank God, 55 to 60 percent of the American people have finally figured it out. I don't know that Donald Trump is going to recover from this. You know, it's interesting. I don't care about the sacking of Steve Bannon. That's been in the works for several weeks. I'm sure that General Kelly, when he came in, uh, decided that Bannon had to go for, for uh, other reasons. But it's interesting that Bannon gave an interview to the American Prospect and Robert Kuttner. And I don't agree with Steve Bannon on anything. But guess what? He got the North Korean uh, situation right on the nose. Donald Trump is going to give a speech tonight that I'm not going to listen to about Afghanistan. Well, my God, we've been in Afghanistan since the 1980s. When are we going to leave those people alone? Afghanistan is not in America's security interest. And oh, yeah, yet another uh, military mishap in the Pacific waters involving a military uh, ship and an oil tanker, of all things. What on earth is going on with, our, with all of these military accidents that are occurring since Donald Trump has taken the reins of our, of our uh, presidency? Um, Donald, you know, the Nazis <laughs> cannot be equated even with the Confederacy, if you want to make these crazy distinctions. There should be some daughters of what's the organization that I just quoted involved in this uh, statue that was toppled, uh, the, the uh, United Daughters of the Confederacy. Well, where the heck are they? Why aren't they denouncing Donald Trump? How on earth 
can can Donald Trump get away with equating Nazis with even the Confederate uh, soldiers or generals or whatever? We've seen, by the way, progress on the statue thing. We've seen descendants of Robert E. Lee, Stonewall Jackson, and Jefferson Davis come out and say, take these statues down if it, if it brings healing and helps our society, let's do it. But let's not get into a tangential debate about statues. I think it's a, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a blind alley. Get rid of the statues. They're coming down. Let the, pro, the, let the process work. I heard the mayor of Richmond discuss this uh, briefly in an interview on the radio. He was talking about the fact that the, in the state of Virginia, they have, in the, uh, Richmond, by the way, was the uh, capital of the Confederacy. Um, <clears throat> let the process work. Get rid of these statues. Some of them are coming down. More are coming down. But we cannot allow universities in the United States to become the stomping grounds of neo-Nazis and other white nationalists. You know, they, they actually had an article about some of these other flags that were being um, um, shown and flown by these armed pussies. That's what they are. They're, they're, they're jokes. I mean, these, 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 are, these are disgusting human beings. These are people that should be, frankly, rounded up labeled terrorists, thrown into Guantanamo Bay, and dispatched back to the countries from which they came. I'm all in favor of it. Guantanamo Bay is empty, by the way. Donald Trump believes in torture, doesn't he? And I'm not advocating torture, but I am advocating stronger, a stronger response by our federal government related to these uh, Nazi hate groups and what's actually going on in our country. You know, we are have have been informed, of course, that right wing hate groups are far more responsible for terrorist violence over the last uh, 20 years than the Muslims are, uh, for instance. And, and Donald Trump, we know, played that absolutely disgusting card repeatedly uh, throughout the campaign. Um and, and these, these, these facts about the right-wing hate groups um, have, have come out uh, in, in uh, recent uh, uh, weeks because, of course, there are—well, um, here we go. Uh, Wednesday, of course, Wednesday, August 16th edition of the New York Times has all of the absolutely despicable details of Donald Trump's performance the day before— um, here it is, and I'm quoting here from an article by Jeremy Peters. Of at least 372 murders that were committed by domestic extremists between 2007 and 2016, according to a study by the Anti-Defamation League, 74% were committed by right-wing extremists. Muslim extremists were responsible for 24% of the killings. 24 plus 74, that's 98, <laughs> okay? There's no moral equivalency between the alt-right and the alt-left. And I want to point out that this alt-left is another fake term uh, employed by Donald Trump. Amazingly, I have this letter to the editor that was written on the 2nd of December 
critiquing a column by David Brooks. And by the way, I think David Brooks has denounced Trump repeatedly in his columns. He's not a fan of Donald Trump. He jumped off the the Trump. He, he's been attacking Trump for, for months, if not years. He's He hates Donald Trump. But he wrote, there's a lot of room between the alt-right and the alt-left, between Trumpian authoritarianism and Sanders' socialism. And this is in response to a column that David Brooks wrote on the 29th of, of November. William Gale from San Francisco continues, even if we allow that there is a far-left political faction in the United States, a dubious premise, the notion that the movement nurtured by Bernie Sanders, Senator Bernie Sanders, in any way compares either tactically or in policy terms to the right-wing campaign led by Donald Trump is completely offensive. On the one hand, we have a man whose main focus is to extend the social safety net to those in need on the other, we have a man who, in the course of his campaign, has run the gamut, the gamut of hate speech, bad taste, prevarication, and ignorance. The success of the right wing in moving the goalposts in our political contests is so great that virtually the entire Republican Party agenda from the Nixon years is now the home term, home turf of the centrist Democrats. Yes, by all means, let's build a new robust center, which was obviously the theme of uh, David Brooks's column, which was entitled New Life in the Center. Yes, by all means, let's build a robust center. But let's not pretend that the actors at the two ends of our political spectrum are equally derelict and irresponsible. Well, they're not, and neither is the violence. And the, the violence perpetrated by the American government in Indochina in the 60s and even into the 50s to a lesser degree and in Central America in the 80s under Ronald Reagan, including Ronald Reagan's big stand in Afghanistan, when are we getting out of Afghanistan? That's what I want to hear from Donald Trump tonight. I don't want to hear about... Uh, an escalation of 4,000 more troops. That's not going to get the job done in, in, in a country that's as big as the state of Texas. This is delusional thinking. And the military, and Trump now is, is pretty much, uh, seems to be, you know, his main, his main uh, advisors seem to, and some of his better advisors are actually military people. I haven't passed any judgment on, on General Kelly yet. But I find it a little strange that General Kelly, who started out as the uh, director of Homeland Security, a position, by the way, uh, a title that was invented by the Nazis. Uh, my dad pointed out that uh, uh, both Stalin and Hitler had wars on terrorism. <laughs> so the war on terrorism uh, phrase that was invented by George W. Bush uh, that needs to go as well. Just wanted to remind you that you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Uh, Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly. Um, as for Donald Trump, you know, he, he needs to start reading some stuff. I don't know that you can 
teach an old dog new tricks 